The U.S. government remains open for business. Inflation figures in the U.S. and in the Eurozone slow, while Chinese PMI figures point at expansion. Small, but still expansion. So what a great way to start a new quarter, right? So welcome to a new week, a new month, and a new quarter of trading with Swissco's Daily Market Talk. So this new quarter starts with a wave of unexpectedly good news. First, well, the U.S. government won't shut down. Or at least it didn't shut down yesterday on October 1st as U.S. policymakers agreed on a short-term funding deal that will keep the lights in the U.S. government on until November 17th. Then we will see what happens. Now, the problem with the new deal is that it excludes any new aid package for Ukraine that the far-right Republicans find very impossible to swallow, but which is also a key, a crucial demand from Democrats who, however, apparently prefer to put it aside to avoid further chaos into the election year, at least for now. Obviously, with the Detroit strikes extending to a new week and to more factories and more people and rising gas and prices in the US is certainly a better choice to avoid an unnecessary government shutdown if it's possible. So in summary, while the political headache in the US is not over just yet, but the US politicians bought themselves a couple of weeks at least to try to find a real solution or a better solution to their problems. Bitcoin rallied over the weekend past the summer to now downtrending channel top and US equity futures gained in Asia, hinting at improved appetite after the S&P 500 recorded its fourth straight week of losses last week and a nearly 5% fall in September alone. Now, investors didn't flock into the U.S. Treasuries following the U.S. no-shutdown news of this weekend. However, the U.S. 10-year yield opened the week above the 4.60% level and pushed marginally higher in Asia, where as the U.S. two-year yield rebounded after getting closer to the 5% psychological mark following Friday's PC index release, which is, remember, the Federal Reserve's favorite gauge of inflation, while that PC numbers well, came in lower than expected by analysts in August. The headline PC rose from 0.2 to 0.4% on rising gasoline prices, but, but the expectation was of a rise to 0.5%, so that was softer than expected. Core inflation, on the other hand, retreated to 3.9% level on a yearly basis and to 2.2% level on a three-month basis. So that's very, very close to the Fed's 2% inflation target. Now, the fact that the rising gasoline prices in the U.S. now start showing in inflation figures is obviously not good news. Yet, with the melting U.S. household savings and the student debt repayments that will restart this month in October in the U.S., all the U.S. consumers are now expected to spend less moving forward. And if all goes well, if all goes according to the plan, a softer U.S. spending could also pull some pressure off of inflation and that could counter the positive impact of rising energy and gas and prices on overall inflation numbers. At least this is the thinking that investors out there are currently pricing in their pricing strategy. Yes, everyone understood very well that the interest rates in the US will stay higher for longer, but 
they may not go higher from the actual levels because the futures market now gives around 70% chance for another pose in FOMC's next meeting, which is going to be taking place in November. Now, in the currency space, well, I would have expected at least a little bit of pullback in the US dollar following the news that, well, the US government will not shut down, it will stay uh, in business for a couple of more weeks yesterday. But the US dollar actually kicked off the week on a positive note in Asia. The news, however, was rather encouraging elsewhere as well, although the Chinese are unfortunately not here to celebrate with us because they are now off to their mid-autumn festival and they are probably traveling and they're eating the super super yummy mooncakes well the manufacturing pmi data in china returned to expansion for the very first time in six months that's great news because official pmi rose above that 50 threshold hinting at expansion, although the Taishin numbers looked a little bit more morose, but they also remained in the expansion zone. That's good news. In Japan, well, the Tankan survey also showed that confidence among big Japanese manufacturers improved for a second month. So that's also very good news. The Nikkei index was actually better bid this morning in Japan as the dollar yen came a notch closer to that scary 150 psychological level. I don't know if you want to buy it, but you are taking a risk if you do so. In the Eurozone, last Friday's inflation figures enchanted investors and the European Central Bank doves and and policymakers. Both headline and core inflation fell more than expected by analysts. Core inflation fell to 4.5% level a year low. Now, we are still more than twice the European Central Bank's 2% inflation goal, and the rising energy prices in Europe and also the weakening euro actually make this inflation path uncertain for the coming months. But if the Federal Reserve is done hiking the interest rates, well, the European Central Bank is certainly done hiking as well. As a result, well, the Stock 600 index jumped in Europe on Friday following an encouraging fall in the Eurozone inflation figures, but gains actually remained short-lived. Appetite in well, European real estate stocks and their luxury brands remain pretty much limited and a slide below the 445th level for the Stock 600 index is still my base case scenario in the currency uh, markets while the softening european central bank expectations should actually keep the euro bears in play and the next important resistance stands at the 106.15 level which is the major 38.2 percent fibonacci retracement on last year's rally and which was acting like a good support so far this year before it was broken to the downside but the potential weakness in the us dollar on the political relief could easily send the euro dollar back above this critical Fibonacci level in the coming days of trading, even more so if the US jobs data shows further weakness throughout the reports that will be released this week. Now, the expectation for both the ADP and the NFP numbers is around 160,000 new job additions in the month of September with potentially sticky wages growth, however, so that could be a problem. A soft-looking set of jobs data, however, from the US could further fill the Federal Reserve dose and the latter could cool down the US dollar rally across the board and potentially support equities as well. Now, note that 
that the seasonality will also turn favorable this month for equities for the S&P 500. We could actually see a dip and a potential rebound. But of course, that prediction should be taken with a pinch of salt because fundamentals and the Federal Reserve will be saying the last word on what's going to happen. Now, speaking of saying the last word, a ton of Federal Reserve members will be speaking this week and investors will obviously be looking for any hint regarding another interest rate hike in the US or not in these freshly squeezed thoughts after the uh, latest inflation figures in the US showed further weakness. In Australia, the Reserve Bank of Australia is expected to maintain its rates unchanged at this week's monetary policy meeting, despite a slight uptick in inflation released last week, remember. In equities, while car makers will be revealing their latest sales numbers and well, Tesla's sales may have fallen for the very first time since 2022, it is said, so we'll keep an eye on that. And finally, in the commodity space, well, gold feels like it's tied to a stone and thrown into the sea. Oversold market conditions in gold hint that we should soon start seeing a pose in the sell-off and potential correction, but the U.S. yields look appetizing. And a potential fall in the U.S. yields, for whatever reason, Dovish Fed expectations, for example, would make the stocks look appetizing, leaving little room for gold to make a comeback. In the energy space, while well, the crude rally is losing steam above the $90 per barrel level. Now, OPEC Plus will be meeting this week, but no changes are expected to OPEC's production outlook policy. The rising global demand and falling global supply continue to support higher oil prices in the medium run. And even the Russian oil, which is, remember, supposed to be capped at the $60 per barrel level, is advancing decidedly toward the $100 psychological mark. So this is all for this Monday. I'm Ipek Özkardeşköy and thanks for joining me and thank you for all your messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.